Hi folks, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we have on Dan Moyle, HubSpot Advisor at Impulse Creative, and the instructor for HubSpot Academy's Community Building Bootcamp. Dan shares his perspective on community-led growth and why it's such an important concept and strategy for solutions partners to anchor to. We dig into the specifics around building communities around your organization and as a paid service for your clients' organizations, and Dan gets into the tactics for turning community into a powerful growth lever. So we discuss what is and isn't community, where we draw the line between content and community, and more. We also talk about ICPs and how your ideal client profiles can help manifest into a community strategy, specifically where and how you can be a contributing member to the communities that may already exist for your ICPs. And we wrap with a look at how communities can be built and hosted on HubSpot with tools like Impulse Creative's Cohortium. And then more broadly, Dan shares his perspective on whether more partners should be seeking out their own build-to-sell model and opportunities for productizing, integrations, and templates that they've built on HubSpot for clients. Community-led companies are the future, and some may even say the present. So let's dive in to this week's episode of Agency Unfiltered. Dan Moyle, welcome to Agency Unfiltered. How you doing? Kevin, good, man. Real good. It's such a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. I uh, I love some of the conversations you have. I shouldn't say some. I love all of them. I haven't heard all of them, but I always enjoy the conversations some that I hear. Of, yeah, I like some of them too. I like some of them too. No, yeah. They're all, every episode is tied for first place in my in my mind, yeah. you know? It's just, of they, course, can't I get it. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to add this one right to the top of that list, I'm sure. You know. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, how's everything else otherwise? How's uh, how's life? How's impulse? Good. Yeah, impulse creative is really good. Um, you know, we're we're humming along, doing great stuff, and and having a lot of fun with it, and working with HubSpot in partnership. And uh, yeah. you know, life is life is good. I I tell people I love what I do and where I do it. That's all I can say, right? Those are two important check boxes to have checked off. You know, for anybody. Right. So that's that's great that you have that. And how's uh you know uh. No, uh, fun fact, I don't know how well known it is or, who, you know, if the, where the listeners are coming in from, but you're obviously a uh, facilitator for our community boot camp. Uh, boot camps yeah. made famous, obviously, by Dan Tyre. So how's everything as it relates to the boot camp? Yeah, it was it was awesome. We had such a great time. We've done two boot camps now, two cohorts. Um, fantastic. Um, and much like your episodes, it's hard to pick a favorite one. They both right. were fantastic for their own <laughs> reasons. Um, it's awesome. I love connecting with folks and, and having those conversations, you know, teaching what we know, but bringing in experts and hearing from people who are learning from us and getting their perspective. Like it's such a collaborative effort. I love it. Yeah. I mean, being able to have that peer to peer learning and knowledge sharing, right? I mean, actually it's a good intersection of, I don't know, the, the meta layer of community. You're cultivating a community of folks that want to build and facilitate communities of their own. Right. So it's uh, yeah. it's a really, really fun program. Uh, and actually perfect segue into, I think, what the topic is at hand for us on the podcast today. Uh, and so maybe that's where we'll start. Your role as the instructor and leader of that uh, 
community bootcamp for HubSpot Academy. Uh, HubSpot Academy, as you may know, lives on the community-led growth team on HubSpot's marketing department. So we obviously uh, keep community near and dear to our hearts. But Dan, what is your definition of community-led growth and why is it important enough for us to be talking about it on a podcast for HubSpot Solutions Partners? Yeah, so I, I want to kind of flip that around a little bit. And instead of giving a full definition, like a technical thing, I want to talk about why it's important. And, and here's what I see. So I've been doing this marketing thing since 2010. When I got into marketing, I got into the HubSpot world. I was a, a, a customer back then. And the software is fine. It's better than fine. But like software is fine. But I can do this stuff elsewhere with other tools, most likely. What really hit it out of the park for me was the unofficial community around HubSpot. When I was using HubSpot, I found people that were also using it. Um, I was a solo marketer at a mortgage bank, talk about a yawn fest, but it worked out well. Um, but I wasn't working with any partners at the time. Yeah. But what I found was whether they were partners, other users, HubSpot employees, the people involved were so passionate about what we were doing and so willing to help each other and give ideas and give insights and feedback. And this whole idea that a rising tide lifts all vessels was really true with this unofficial community. Over the years, official communities have launched. Some of them have succeeded. Some of them have not. Some of them have had different iterations within HubSpot. But now today, the official community.hubspot.com website and the community hosted there, that's where I still find those same kinds of people. And so with that frame of reference, I think that community-led growth is extremely important because mm -hmm everything's always changing, whether it's new generative AI tools coming out, or it's a way too much content in the world, or it's too many ads that we can actually block. And I'm not seeing ads anymore. Like whatever the change is, human to human connection is going to be how we continue to grow as businesses. And so to me, community led growth is just that. Yeah. I love that. And you know, uh, the way you've just framed it, it's like, all right, well, if we start with the why, which is a very HubSpot Academy approach, by the way, so obviously very appreciative of that. But it, it truly creates a fairly deep moat and a key differentiator for a product or service. If you have this really robust, you know, thriving community around it, as you experience firsthand as, as being a part of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it also helps try to mitigate mitigate some of the, uh, what, like the diminishing returns on some of those like legacy you know, uh, marketing tactics, sales tactics, but like the human to human connection piece, you know, will never go away. And, and now more than ever is, is where we should be emphasizing that. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. And so with that said, uh, why is it important, uh, for organizations, HubSpot being the example, why should, or how should solutions partners be thinking about community led growth for their organizations, for their menu of services, their clients, like to what degree and in what dimension should they be thinking about it? Uh, you know, a great, great way to think about that, in my opinion, is to not just have a here's five steps to creating community led growth for your success. It really I don't think it's that. Sure. Right. Yeah. Once once upon a time, we said, create the content and they will come build a blog, promote it on social media, have a conversion point. Ta-da, you've got marketing. It doesn't always work that cleanly. And I think community led growth is the same thing. Right. So again, if I go back to like HubSpot as an example, I didn't purchase HubSpot because we were in the community. But what I have done is helped be an advocate for HubSpot and be um, a, a, an evangelist for HubSpot. I've helped others who are using it to solve their problems and not have churn. 
So that's not always easy to measure. So for partners, here's what I'm thinking about. Um, and, and we do, we do this at impulse. We try to create a community around us of people we can help. Now, that could look very hyper local, right? When, when impulse first started in Fort Myers area of Florida, it was very much helping the Fort Myers businesses build websites and do things like that and use HubSpot potentially. From there, we grew into like all of Florida. And now we're not just across the country, but we have clients in like Australia or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so that becomes harder to make, to see as a community, but I still think it's an important thing to think about. Like, can you be a part of the conversations in a community where you know your ideal client um, profiles are, right? Your buyer mm -hmm. personas, your ICPs. Mm -hmm. Can you be a part of those conversations and be part of their community? That's a great invitation to have. And then don't ruin it by being salesy, right? <laughs> um, can you build your own community? Can you build a community around a certain um, idea, a certain helpful nugget of some kind, right? Um, we, I have a feeling you might ask about this later, but we have a thing called Sprocket Talk. That was an experiment. Can you build a community around being helpful with HubSpot? I seen it done with Kyle. Of course, he's a HubSpot employee, but like Kyle Jepson has his own community of the orange hat for sure. brethren and sisters. Oh, yeah, the orange bowler, the bowler hat. Right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Um, In awe of his celebrity every single day, you know? But. Right? And you get to work with him. That's awesome. Rub shoulders with him. Um, but see, I'm in awe of your celebrity as well. So anyway, I won't, I won't kowtow too much. Um, but I think that, you know, thinking about those communities, I see those in, in, in LinkedIn. I see um, Robert Jones and his goofy, fun, but also helpful uh, videos. I see Max Cohen um, and bef before he was um, at Aptitude 8 or at, at Happily, I mean. Yeah. Um, like his, he built a community of people who were interacting with him on TikTok for crying out loud. So yeah. community can take a lot of different um, looks for your agency, for, for you as a partner. But building those micro communities and bringing them together into a bigger community helps with a lot of the different things that you have that you have in need of growth. Uh, super, uh, super helpful. I love the frame of reference. I want to get into the micro piece in a moment. I'm going to put a pin in that because your examples here uh, remind me of this other like, I don't know, the saying, right, is is that today in 2023, brands are treated like personalities and personalities are treated like brands, right? And so are we saying that solutions partners should be seeking to build communities and brands around the individuals within their org chart? We've seen it with you, Robert and Max and Kyle. Like, is that the direction? Is that a point of emphasis other solutions partners should be thinking about making? I think it's one consideration. I hesitate to say yes when it's, is this where we should go? As my answer always is with, with marketing questions, it depends. It depends, of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but I don't think we should write that off, right? Yeah. Um, at Impulse Creative, you know, for a long time, we had um, an employee who happens to go by the name of George B. Thomas. And George is an amazing human. He has his, his own personality, his own celebrity dumb in HubSpot. And mm -hmm. he brought that to us. When he, when he left and went on his own, there's no hard feelings there. Remington, our co-founder and, and CEO... I don't believe ever said, well, you son of a gun, why would you do that to me? Like it's again, rising tide lifts all vessels. And so I think a concern with people, and maybe I'm like making a jump here, but a concern with people who say, who hear that, like, yeah, build a community around a person. They're going to say, well, what happens when they leave? Sure. That's a risk. But what happens if you don't let them do it? Mm -hmm. What happens if they don't build that micro community and you don't see that revenue and they go off and do it anyway? Yeah. Right. It's so like I that think old like cartoon, 
right? It's like, uh, or like, you know, like the New York Times was like, hey, what if we invest, you know, in the development of our people and they all leave? And it's like, well, what if we don't and they stay, right? So it's like the same thing. It's going to be the inherent risk always, you know? Yes, yes, I love um, that. Yes, so actually, Dan, let's, uh, what's your take on the difference or contrast between like a content strategy in community, right? Is like, hey, we're going to have our founder post on LinkedIn every day. And we're going to try and build that micro community. Is that is that community or is that content? I know you mentioned Sprocket Talk. Is that a community play? Is it a content play? Like, what's the line between the two? I, I so somebody may have a totally different answer on this and call me a, a dumb dumb. I think the line is hard to define, but I think it is there. I would say um, a newsletter is not a community. So mm-hmm. a thought leader on LinkedIn just posting is not a community. However, turn that into a conversation. If that thought leader is posting in information, but also answering questions, fostering communi- communications and collaboration between other commenters or community members, air quotes, <laughs> that becomes a community. Fostering those connections, not just being the one, the only person talking, that to me is what becomes a community. Um, otherwise, you just have an audience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a, okay. The bi-directional flow of communication. It has to be an active conversation, right? And then yeah. that's the yeah, that's the dimension in which it becomes community. I think so, yeah. 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 Um, you mentioned too, right? Opportunities, right? And always it's gonna be uh it depends based on a number of different factors on what you actually go and execute. You said, well, you could try build a community around you and your business, certain elements, uh, maybe some folks within your business. You also mentioned, hey, you could seek out existing communities in which your, you know, ideal client profiles, your target audiences, like that they're already a part of and participating in, uh, honing in on that piece. How do I seek those out in a strategic way? Is there a playbook for where and how I can find those to then plug into? Um, if I had that playbook, I'd sell it to you and be a millionaire. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe any recommendations on how to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, here's how I think about that. Uh, I'm going to, and I'm going to apologize to your listeners now. I'm a storyteller. So I go back to story and examples. So let's say you have a power tool company and you want to reach new people in some way. You could go find people who are interested in power tools. Okay. Um, but what if you found out that people who use your tools, you found at least one person that did this. Maybe there are others like this. They bought your tool set because they were building sets for their child's high school musical. And now all of a sudden they're spending every Saturday over the course of two months building sets with your power tools. That sounds like a community to me. If you discovered that, what if you invited them to have conversations with you? What if you Mm. brought that person and their other parents together to say, not only do we love that you're doing this for your community, you're doing it with our tools. What if, you know, we sent a video crew to, to promote your musical. Like there's so many things you could do with that. So just listening, I think, is where you find your community. Mm. Um, it's not about them coming and selling us more stuff. It's them celebrating us, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think for any agency, for any partner thinking like, where do I find them? Think about the things that your potential customers are doing. And if you're helping them, brings them joy or brings them success, can you figure out how to talk to them about that and make them the hero? Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I love that. Just the emphasis on listening, right. And learning where they're at and what they're doing with every, your product or service, uh, you know, whatever it allows them to do. Uh, let me ask you this, Dan, I've always, I don't know, my frame of reference for how, you know, a successful community is one that, 
carries its dialogue and connections and interactions. It's like self-sufficient. It doesn't require the host or the administrator of the community to like force feed and like push for that conversation to occur. How, uh, or do you have any additional recommendations through that lens? So how can others looking to build communities ensure that they are successful and thrive and are able to grow into something self-sufficient in that nature, right? First, I would agree. Like, yes, let's be on the same page. I agree with that. I don't think that any moderator or facilitator or owner of a community should be forcing anything to happen. Encouraging, empowering, um, setting things up to facilitate those connections, that's all really important. How do we do that? Like By testing it, right? I've seen um, attempts to foster communication in communities. So as an example, our boot camp for community, those learners were part of a community for, for a time. We tried to get everybody to engage in Slack. We love Slack. We use it at work. Um, I've seen other solutions, you know, that are out there, but what if we brought everybody together and talked there and built community there? And we did, and we'd ask questions and we would engage and mostly crickets. Hmm. Like it just didn't take off like we thought it might. So we said, well, let's try it in LinkedIn groups. And so we started a LinkedIn group and that was a little more active, but it didn't quite get there for it. So you, we just keep testing it and saying, okay, how do we help this to happen? So there's that. It is difficult. I just want to acknowledge that. Sure. Yeah. Right. Easier said than done. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that like what I've seen so far work is continuously testing it, continuously asking, um, making those connections, right? There's a, there's a small thing that HubSpot community does that I love. Um, as somebody who likes to answer questions and be helpful, that's one of my whys. I don't need gift cards. I don't need badges. I like them, but I don't need them. But what gets me going, what gets me coming back to the community is the fact that people like Kristen um, or, uh, or others who tag me and say, hey, here's three or four of our friends or our experts that might be able to help you. Fostering those connections. It keeps me coming back, keeps me helping to create content. I then, once I've been tagged in one, I go try to find three or four more that I can help with, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's just one of those like customer success support type things, right? That may not be where you are right now with your community. That's okay. I still think the, the strategy holds true though. If you can make those connections, you can ask questions that people might answer. You can um, connect people who need to talk to each other. And you can empower them to share their own content or whatever. Those are all things I think that help to begin to build a sustainable entity on its own. I love that. You know, uh, Dan, one of the guiding principles that we have for the HubSpot Academy team is uh, foster meaningful collaboration. And uh, and so it's, hey, you don't have to be part of the collaboration, but you know, facilitating the connections for folks where it makes sense. And it sounds like that's a really important you know lever to pull for for building that community, right? Like, how, how do we I make the so. connections? Yep. 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 Absolutely. Uh, now, uh, from my perspective, there's a lot of different ways and flavors a community can take and, and be structured, right? You even mentioned a couple, we tried LinkedIn groups and there's Slack workspace. I know there's dedicated point solutions and there's other, so there's so many, uh, Facebook groups, so many different ways and places to do it. Uh, if I was looking to get an MVP off the ground today, Hey, I want to build a community. Uh, 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 what's the structure? You know, do you have any recommendations or anything that you've seen that tend to work well than, than others? I think just starting off, I would test those um, low-hanging fruit ones, like a LinkedIn group, a Facebook business page or group more yeah. likely. Like I like groups more than pages. Um, see if those work. Um, reach out to the 
you know, 10 people that you know would benefit from what you're doing and say to them, Hey, where would you like to connect? Would a, would a group text work best? I don't know. Right. Like yeah, sure, sure, what, yeah. what would work for you? Um, and see where they want to gather and test that out and see if that will naturally grow. That's where I'd start. The second thing is, um, and, and this may sound like a total sales pitch, but like, if you're going to have a database of your contact information, a, what do they call that? A CRM? Oh, sure. If you have a CRM, can you connect that data to your community in some way, right? Can you find out what pages they've seen on your website? If you, you know, you're, you're doing that for business, right? Can you see what topics they're asking about in their, um, in their questions, in their emails or whatever, that when that data gets combined with what they're doing and their behavior in a community becomes really powerful. So if you can somehow make that connection, that'd be great. And some of it you can do with technology. Some of it is like, you got to sit down for an hour and say, here's the 10 people that are in my community. Here's what they're doing. Start making your own connections. That's fine. But if you can do that in some way, that's even better. And you know, Dan, I can, I, I, I'm getting the sense. I, I kind of know where we want to take this conversation. And so I'll tee it up. Um, uh, knowing that Impulse has built uh, Cohortium, right? Uh, talk about how, like, what? how does that manifest? And what do communities built on HubSpot look? We just talked about there's value in having it connected to CRM data, an immense amount of value. But then how, how does it actually operate and look uh, from like the user side? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Cohortium. Absolutely. Um, we have this product called Cohortium. It feels a lot like a HubSpot theme, but it has some superpowers. You can do this with your own HubSpot instance without Cohortium. It's going to take some work and it's going to take a lot of like things you got to think through. But what it does is it helps to create custom objects um, like topics uh, that you can create whole topics for, for them to talk about. And it ties that back to their contact record and so forth. So Cohortium becomes a place that community lives. What it looks like from the user perspective is another website. That's it. It's just a website. It's a forum, right? And and so they sign in, they get to, you know, ask questions and comment on other things and follow certain topics and, and earn badges maybe or whatever. Um, but it feels very much like a HubSpot community or a Harley Davidson forum or a Milwaukee tools uh, website, whatever, right? Like, it's a, it's a, it just feels like another place that we live on the web behind the scenes. Everything ties back to their CRM data, which is beautiful. And what, what was the genesis of something like Cohortium? Was there uh, a client that a pro, or a prospective client, somebody that approached impulse and said, Hey, this is what we want to do. And it got to the place where like, wow, this is actually, there's greater ramifications for having something like this available. Is that kind of how it came about? I think it was a little bit less of a direct journey. It was more of like, Right before COVID nineteen started, Remington was thinking about um, instead of instead of community, he was thinking about learning management systems. Yeah. So we so again, not a total sales pitch here, but we have another product for an LMS with HubSpot. But like, he thought about an LMS and how tying that to CRM data would be so powerful. So Remington built our Hub LMS tool, and that started to get traction in the world and started people going, "Yeah, I want to be able to build a course." And have my clients go through and blah, blah, blah. And so like an LMS was great. I think it was a pretty natural evolution to go from that to like, well, what if those who went through those courses had a place to talk and a a community to get together with? Oh, that's community. CLG became such a hot topic after like 21, inbound 21, 22, whatever it was. Um, And so I think that was a, a relatively natural evolution of like, 
if we have CRM data tied to a community, you know, what does it look like? And then our team looking into integrations with community solutions, and there really aren't any. The best possible thing to do is just build it right on top of HubSpot. And so <laughs> um, that was the evolution there. And and yeah, very quickly, those things became tied together and clients were like, oh, I want that. Mm-hmm. It was more so just uh, kind of reading the, getting a sense of the map and finding opportunities or gaps. Like, well, if a solution was to, to be made that fills that gap, think about the value it could bring. And then obviously that manifested itself into solutions. Cohortium, obviously the LMS you mentioned. I don't want to take us, I don't want to, this may send us down a rabbit hole, but I just, as we are on the topic, if you'll indulge yeah. me, but with Cohortium, with Hub LMS, obviously finding gaps, building solutions that are commercially available for impulse customers, but for anybody, right? I would imagine. Should more partners be thinking about this, you know, uh, additional potential revenue stream like this build solution to sell solution model? Uh, I'd love to get your take on that. Um, you know, yeah. productizing these sorts of templates and modules built on HubSpot, you know? Yeah. Um, hell, hell no. Don't do it. Cause we're doing yeah, it. Keep no, us, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Drop we, we want the no, no, um, absolutely. Right. Like the, I think the beauty of HubSpot, one of the, one of the, besides community and the software itself is this whole idea that it is a hub that you can build stuff on and around, right? Aptitude 8 did it with several different apps and now they're spinning off into new companies. Um, I've seen others solution partners do that too. So yes, I think building, like if you have the capacity and the mindset and just the genius like Remington and our developers have, we give them a ton of credit because they're amazing human beings. If you have that, and you can build those things for people to solve those problems for your existing clients, that's going to be there for future clients too. Right. Um, and, and there's no, I, I come from an abundant mindset. Thankfully impulse does too. There really isn't this finite amount of things we can do with HubSpot. If other solutions, partners build other community solutions. Great. That makes us better. It builds the ecosystem around community and HubSpot. Let's, let's do it. So yeah, I think there's a great push for productizing what you have and also offering solutions together. Mm-hmm. Those two things are like, not solutions, services, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those two things together, I think, can really take a, a partner to a whole next era of their own growth. I love the point about pairing these solutions with services. I mean, obviously, you know, Impulse Creative is a potential example. We're talking about, uh, you know community development strategies, right? And now that's actually services that you can offer because there's a solution that enables it on HubSpot. Is that a fair, is that a fair read? Yeah, absolutely. The, like the strategy, um, bringing RevOps into the conversation, bringing mm-hmm. training into the conversation. We do all kinds of different training, whether it's our products or HubSpot itself. So yeah, all of those services can be wrapped up with your products for sure. And now again, a lot of this is easier said than done. I think the the one of the greatest blockers or barriers of entry here is the development capabilities and resources to actually go build something like that. So maybe start sending your teams to the dev certs or something in the Academy, but that's, I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the gap here. That's the barrier. Yeah. And those are the like three certs that I don't have out of all the 44 <laughs> or whatever it is like. It's so, cause that's not me. I'm not a developer, but I work with some amazing people that can. So yeah, yeah. get those dev certs, find some devs, build that system for sure. Uh, so again, thanks for indulging my quick rabbit hole there. Um, going back to community, obviously, I think it's going to be more straightforward if you've built something on HubSpot. But for the other types of solutions, uh, like the quick the quick solutions and options for building a community, you met LinkedIn, Facebook, like wherever else you go, how are you tying that back 
to performance or attribution or like finding the value, the ROI of efforts like that? Yeah, that's a really hard question. Um, that's part of our boot camp. We interviewed uh, the author, Mark Schaefer, to talk about reporting. And he had some great points of like, where do you even start with it? Right. If you and, and the other thing is, too, like Christina Garnett um, and, and Jenny Suerta, like we've had some great conversations. Even Evan Hamilton have all been guests on our on our boot camp. And we yeah. asked them kind of a similar question. How in the world do we measure this? And I don't know that there is a magic wand answer. Um, Mark Schaefer talked about community and measurement a lot like branding and measurement. How do you truly measure the power of your brand? Right. And his example was Gatorade. Um, Gatorade has a huge market share. Powerade is much smaller, so much so that when even when Powerade sponsored a football game and they did the dump of the 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 solution over the coach, it was a Gatorade bath, not a Powerade bath. Like, mm-hmm. what's the, that's powerful. So, thinking about that, I I'll just say this for me. And if, were I leading a team in this way, I would think about it this way. I don't know that there's an exact set of measurements to say here we are being successful. What I think is, is it's a conversation about, um, are we seeing more engagement among our community members? Are we seeing more posts and more answers? Are we seeing this, this, these conversations that we've asked to have happen? Are they happening? Are we seeing less cost in our, um, our, our customer support area? right? A community is a great place to send folks to ask each other questions. I can go to Google and find an answer, or I can ask my friends their experience. Mm -hmm. That's knowledge base versus community. Both have value, but how are we seeing that? You know, are we seeing fewer support tickets? Are we seeing less time on our support team's clock hours, right? All of those things are indicators that community is working. Um, and so the, the numbers nerds out there listening are probably like, dude, but give me just a number. Man, I wish I had one. I do. I wish I had one. I think this is an evolving conversation right now about how do we think about what success looks like in community. Well, I think similar to the uh, the playbook, if you had it, you'd sell it. Same thing if you had the <laughs> community benchmark report, you know, you'd have that right. too. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But it really yeah, it gets like a lot of questions. Yeah. But it comes down to just uh, a good baseline, a barometer is first looking at some of the health metrics and how you're scoring the health in, in activity within the community. And that can be a means of, of kind of pulling through to, to business impact. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, where does community ownership live in the org chart for like solutions partners or for anybody looking to spin up a community, you know, where does that live? Um, I mean, if we're talking about community led growth, growth has to live on the, the revenue team. I'm not going to call it marketing per se, because I think that I'm seeing this evolution of the teams and we're still fighting this from even 10 years ago. Sales and marketing need to be symbiotic. At one point, HubSpot called it smarketing. Um, Molly that I work with calls it schmops, sales and marketing operations, (laughs) whatever you call it, right? It's the revenue team. And so, you know, especially with revenue operations now, RevOps being so big, like the revenue team. So whoever leads that. A revenue team lead could be a director of marketing, director of sales and marketing, director of sales. I believe the characteristics of that leader, though, should be understanding that it's not all just instantaneous hard numbers. We're only hitting our bottom line, like, blah, blah, like right? They have to think 
strategically, big picture, be willing to see other metrics and accept them. Engagement as a metric is garbage for marketing, but it's great for community. Mm. So that kind of a person. So I believe community lives on that revenue team in some way. However you put that in, in your org chart, whether it's under marketing specifically or sales and marketing, but I believe it should be part of the revenue team for sure. But, I, but here's, here's a thought for you. I think that customer success also belongs there. Hmm. So as a director of marketing, people may say that you just have a big ego and you should shut up, Dan. That's true. But also, no. Um, but also, like, I believe that marketing has this job of helping to expand our brand, to serve sales, but also direct sales. I don't think that we're adversaries, but I also don't think that, like, I'm in charge of sales. But I think I should be able to, as a director of marketing, guide sales and say, here's how we communicate one-to-many. How do you communicate one-to-one? Great. What if you tried this? It's collaborative leadership, in my opinion. And so I think, you know, marketing, sales, customer success, and community all live together with that person who can help guide that ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like there's like some shared responsibility, right? And it's, and it's, ownership to agree, or at least like the way in which each of these teams should engage with, participate in, get involved with support, you know, it's, it's shared across the revenue team. I think you call out marketing sales, customer service. Yeah. 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 Um, now when we talk about community, right. Uh, I don't want to like paint an overly simplistic picture here where it's, yeah, find a, the MVP, uh, hosting platform, invite some of your customers or your biggest advocates, get them in there, start prompting some discussion, like there's gotta, you know, there's gotta be more friction, uh, in the, in the, you know, initial launch of these types of solutions. So, you know, based on your experiences, where are folks likely to scrape their knee? Are there any potholes or risks that again, based on your experience, they can, you know, uh, uh move around or avoid, uh, would love to hear about, uh, some tips there. I mean, I think in my experience, you are almost definitely going to, uh, have a lack of engagement at the beginning. It's sometimes going to feel like pulling teeth to get people to actually engage. Um, you may be lucky and find those first five people are super engaged and they're all and great. Awesome. Send them my way, please. But I think engagement is going to be one thing. It's going to be hard. Community is not new, but thinking about community strategically and with a revenue lens is I think relatively new. And so it, it's going to be hard. Um, I think another uh, pothole is the measurement question. How do we measure this? If your leadership is keen on measuring exact numbers and bottom line, it's probably going to be difficult. If they give you some grace and leeway and say, okay, what measurements would you suggest we look at? Hmm. Then you're going to have an easier time. But I think measurement is going to be a friction point for sure also. Um, And then technology, right? You You can call a Facebook group a community. Absolutely. Do you know what they're saying? Can you take that data and go elsewhere? If you've got a Discord channel or a Slack channel, that's dark social, right? Can you get information out of there? Probably not. But can you still use it? Absolutely. But that technology is also probably going to be a, a little bit of a pothole. Like there's going to be some friction there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You need to uh, have the opportunity to leverage the data, right? How are you actually connecting that data into the hands of the people and other systems that can utilize that data in powerful ways? Yep. That's a really good call out with the technology. Um, now, Dan, as we come up on time, uh, I asked uh, every guest the same question to kind of wrap, to round out the episode. Uh, and so I'll certainly flip it your way too. What's the strangest part of agency life 
or the strangest part of community building life? I'll, I'll take, I'll present the options for you. Hmm. The strangest part of community building life is the fact that the best part of it is the humans and the most difficult part is the humans. It's just weird working with people, man. People are weird and I love it. <laughs> so true. And also, man, it's so hard sometimes, right? Like we think we know what they're going to do and then they give us a left turn. We think we know how we're going to serve them and they ask us a whole different question. We think we know what's best for them. And they're like, yeah, but what about, and you're like, oh. So I think that, I mean, people are the strangest part, I feel like. Yeah. In the best uh, way possible. <laughs> I don't even think that's unique to agency or community building life. I think that's just a call across the board. Like, yeah, yeah, man, we're weird. People are weird, you know? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, uh, love talking about this stuff. Again, community is just so close, near and dear to the Academy team in our hearts. And so it's fun to riff on it for a little while with you. Actionable tips helpful insights, great recommendations for partners to start to think uh, in this realm. So anyways, man, super helpful. Thanks for coming on. It's uh, been great talking to you. Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, so that's another episode of Agency Unfiltered.